You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! As was our arrangement uh, a month ago, we thought we would get uh, the great Greg Evans in uh, to come down from his um, uh, country Manor, uh, which is up in the north of Victoria on the Eildon Weir somewhere. Mm. I won't mention where you live in case you're inundated by tourist buses going to see the great Greg <laughs> Evans and uh, the Badger, Stop it. who is his business, uh, um, Sue. Uh, so he has uh, come down all the way to uh, be on the podcast as his um, uh, monthly appearance. So welcome, Greg. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Sam. It's nice. The last words you just said to me was, don't talk. You said, don't no, talk. I said, don't talk over the... Oh, over the I, intro. No, no, no. Over the intro. No, w- when we record and the music's coming, I'm not talk, to talk. People talk and they sometimes say things that they wish hadn't gone to air. Now, do you think like, I would do that? No, but I've had people here <laughs> say, uh, we start off with uh, the saying, um, they're just on the tail end of a conversation. No, he's a nice oh, fuck yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, what the fuck? I said, we're Don't. on, they say. I said, we're on. Right. So, so we're on. You, you haven't said any of that, Greg, no. but, but I only just give you a warning that we are on in case you are going to belittle someone. Well, it's very nice to be on with you again, Sam. Yeah, so, so good. So we... We, uh, so a bit, a, bit we of, a bit of water's passed under that big bridge up there in, in northeastern Victoria since we last spoke. Mud- your water. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we were going to have uh, Dick from Muffin, Dick. Uh, Rob Wollstonecroft, mm-hmm. uh, but I, we were meant to have a cast of thousands here today, but Ivan has pulled out. Oh. Pity his old man hadn't. Uh, <laughs> he had pulled out. I don't know why he's not here. Um, and um, uh, Sue Stanley, OAM, is down yes, here. Yes, I saw her. Jigging around with uh, some cameras. Yes. Because we're going to try and film this at some stage. And um, and so there was about eight people going to be here and there's just two of us, as but it turns out. very good, at, Sam. At the minute, because you're bringing a... You've got Mr. Orchick. John Orchick. Now, John, um, well, he's a, he's a legend in the Australian movie and television industry, isn't he? Is. he? He's, he's done so much. And he yeah, is. he's going to. Look, remember I said to you, you know, Castaway. Remember I told you about Castaway with Tom Hanks and he's yes. trapped on the island? Yeah. And when he gets off the island, yeah. you know, they interview him and he says, What you've got to do is keep breathing because yeah. if you keep breathing, the sun will come up. And when the sun yeah. comes up, you never know what the tide's going to yeah. wash in. So the last time I appear on this podcast with you, mm. you never know, you know what the tide washed in? You and I have been offered a part a in a glass movie. Bottle uh, no, with, a movie. With a note in it? You and I have been offered a part in a movie. Have, have we? A cameo, Doing what? Parents. A cameo. <laughs> Doing what? So you never know who's listening to the podcast. I hope it's not and like Castaway the movie, because well, that, that was a shocker. Wilson! Um, so yeah. we could be... Well, we, we we can't say what we're going to do. I know a little bit about so it. So you've brought up a topic we can't speak about. Well, that's don't talk. 
So anyway, <laughs> anyway, the thing is, we will be able to talk about it in the future, but uh, that's one of the reasons John Orchard... So let me get this. So this is news to me. You're just breaking this on air mm. straight to me. So we have been offered a role in a movie. Yes, as a result of... of of the person who heard us last week in the podcast. Now, this is a oh, comedy. Who, are comedy. we allowed to say who the person is? No. But no. we might get him in down I the see. track. Yep. Well, how cryptic uh, is all this? It'll be Netflix <laughs> or Stan. <laughs> Netflix. Yeah. Will it? And, um, and, uh, and, and it's funny. It's, it's a comedy. And you've got a bit and I've got a bit. Maybe we need some you, acting you, lessons. You've, you've, se- you've seen the script. I've seen the script. You've seen the script. There's a script. <laughs> yes, there is. Oh, we might have to go to John Orchick's acting school and take a few lessons. Well, st- I, and I, when's I, he coming in? He's coming in later. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. coming in later. Oh, he started an acting school called TAFTA. Did he start The that? Australian Film and Television Academy. Yeah. Or film and whatever it is. We'll yeah. ask him. And, and now, and now, so... Just before we, well, we've started, but we're going to give a shout out. Get this out of the way. This is from MichaelChristianMenswear.com. Not the Michael Christian you would know, but um, from the AFL and the mm. r- the review panelist who gives out all those fines and things for people who bump too hard. Um, this is uh, Michael Christian Menswear. He says, "Could we give a shout out to Murray Byrne?" who is turning 60 this week. Murray is a teacher in the Trade Centre at Swan College, Western Australia. Murray is a great fan of the podcast. So we're all saying hello to you, Murray. And Sue, you had uh, written in your uh, uh, extensive uh, almanac that's uh, sequestered in your phone some people, so... Let's give them a shout out while we before we forget because I say well I'll write your name down and uh, give you a shout out. So Sue's finding that now. No, I've got one. I've got one. Right. Because your name came into it, I just happened to. Does the name Terry Britton ring a bell to you? Terry Britton was with the uh, Twilights. We we'll go back to the sixties. Terry the Twilights. Give me one song. Uh, like trying to find a needle, needle in a haystack. Yeah, Come yeah, on, yeah. babe. That's yeah, it. She do. Why ba- I should do. That's yep, it. That's it. Terry, Terry Britton. Um, I was Here's at a that. luncheon with uh, with, with him the other day down at the Emerald Hotel, down there, and um, it is the Emerald, yeah. isn't it? Down in yeah, Clarendon Street. We had Russell Morris. All those old great rockers of yeah. the past. Russell Morris. We we interviewed him. him Went down, him. but see, Russell Morris. These the these old thing. rockers get better. I just reckon Russell Morris can do the real thing now better than he did then. That's right. Um, and one of the great Australian performers um, from the Daddy Cool uh, era, um, it can do those songs better than anything that uh, that they could do then. I just think they get better. Anyway, just getting back to Terry Britton. There he was at lunch. Now, this guy not only was with the Australian music industry in the 60s and, 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 and so on, but the amount of songs that he has written and co-written for people all over the world, the list goes on from here to Darwin. Uh, it does. Now, Sue Stanley, uh, who were the other shout-outs we were giving... Somewhere. There was one from Marg, wasn't it? At a function, Marg from yeah, Ballarat. Marg from where? Ballarat. Marg from Ballarat. Uh, where were we, or where was she? Was it at the function, the golf function? Yeah, and there was another. Didn't you write the? Uh, didn't you write any more down? Yes, Louis Louis from Lons, uh, Lonsdale Street. The guy who was crossing the road, and you were in your That's car. That's right, Louis from Lonsdale yeah, Street. Yeah, <laughs> he'll know who he is. We could make these up. 
couldn't we? You could say Frank from Frankston. We could say. <laughs> do you do you ever get stopped when you're actually in the in the uh, in the street or yeah. anything? People come up and they talk to you and they yeah. pretend they know you. Yeah, is it we're at the yeah. stop sign? And usually they say you're Ian Turpy, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm not Ian Turpy. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Now, Greg. Speaking of, so um, I was going. You have been, have you not? On you've been employed on a cruise ship to entertain uh, the patrons of the thousands of people who get on these huge sort of blocks office blocks that actually have an engine in them and go across the other side of the world you have been retained haven't you to uh, entertain people by the shipping company yes yes, yes what, yes, did, what have you been asked to do um, I've been asked to talk about opals on uh, on a ship um, uh, it's a long uh, is, story is that, that the, the it, basketball side the opals no it's the ones that go on your finger. And really? you might ask what I know about opals. Uh, and the answer very is next question. bugger all. But nevertheless, it was Ross Patterson who was yes. selling opals on the ships. And he was said, he? now, Greg, you come on. I don't like public speaking. He said, You're good. so you just get on and talk about opals. Well, I geez. see. So I had to profess to be the expert on opals. Well, I well, studied well, up, brushed up. Do they have carrots in them? As in, No, they don't have carrots. No, no. It's, uh, it's all about the shine and the sparkle. And that, that's what a the, carrot is, isn't it? In a diamond. Like, a uh, pure diamond has 24 carrots, doesn't mm. it? Or... Or is that gold? Well, you're asking someone who doesn't not, not know. Not carrots I mean, that I'm you eat. <laughs> carrots. So Good. Ross said to me, mate, don't worry about it. He said, you just come on. He said that we'll be in a little corner of the ship and there'll be eight people that'll come and they will talk. And, and, and all you have to do is just tell them that we get opals from, you know, Lightning Ridge and Cooper Pedy and, and, yeah. and that'll be... A, I said, yeah, that's all right. Okay, all right. And he said, oh, here's some slides, you know, if you want to show them as part of your presentation. I didn't know which, whether these things were upside down or back. How do you look at a slide of an opal and know which way it's supposed to go? And, and I, so I, I, what I, is I, the intrinsic quality that makes an opal stand out from other opals? It's 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 this black opals, and black. Yeah, they call them black, but they've got a bit of red in them. <laughs> so no, they let me finish the story. Um, Ross rings up on the morning. This is on the QE2. Here we are on Cunard's QE2 floating around the ocean out somewhere near Papayate or somewhere. And he says, mate, we've got a problem. What? He said, you're on the front page of the paper and they're putting it on in the theatre and a thousand people are coming. What? Ross, you said eight people in the corner of a ship. I don't know enough about opals to get away with it. So I study, I study, study. I've got a couple of hours. I try and get these slides together. Uh, I'll show them in that order. Yeah, okay. Uh, can, can, can we go into the theatre, Ross, and have a look at the slides on the screen and rehearse? Well, the guy doesn't come till 10 minutes to midday and the people come at me. Oh, God. The guy was late. People started queuing. We walk in and we've got to go up a ladder to get to the projection room and that's where the bloke dropped the slides. He dropped them all over the floor. He dropped them. Mm. Well, yeah, so now they're all out of order, they're upside down, they're back to front, knew nothing about... And uh, and meantime, the people roll into the theatre and the spotlight comes on and I'm introduced as the opal expert from Australia. <laughs> I've walked out. Who was the bloke from Coobapedi who was the opal? What was his name? Oh, 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 now, go on. No, I don't know. Now you um, do. Um, Keith McGowan loved Coobapedi. Anyway. Go on. Did he? Why? Out I come, because you like going there. You like doing the mail run out to Udna Data. 
Udna Dada. Anyway, there we go, and I go out there and I say good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and here we are, and we're going to talk about opals. And so I went through, and the first slide came on, and it was a, and it was an opal miner underground with his little pick in hand, but he was upside down. It's back in front as well. This presentation turned out to be quite hilarious um, because uh, very quickly they realised I knew bugger all about opals. Um, but I said, we've got Ross Patterson, we've got Australia's leading opal expert here. Uh, so does anyone want to field some questions? And the first woman put her hand up and said, how do you clean opals? And I said, that's a very good question, <laughs> Ross. How do you clean opals? And he stood up and said, with orange stuff. And that was it, the end of his answer. So, Greg, uh, how, do you, uh, how do you determine the value of an opal? What is its... Did I ask you this before? Yeah, and but you, I, had the, you diverted beautifully. You got on to how many people were coming to the theatre. I and openly confessed yeah. I don't know. Well, so if I was one of the fucking boilers yep. and the old yep. shielders yep. and blokes on the yep. QE2 wandering, gaggling down there after loading up with food and sitting watching you, I w and you were trying to sell opals on behalf of Ross, yeah. someone said, well, how do you know the value? What, what did... Designates the value of an opal. Uh, it must is it colours or is it yep. size? What? what? It's yeah, colours. Colours. What? So what colours does it? Do? Black are the most expensive. Black opals. Oh yes, Bullshit, but they've got it? red in them. They're not just black. I got a little fire what was the of the name red. from Cooper Peaty. What was his name? Hmm. Was he there was one famous? Black. Sure, he wasn't from Lightning Ridge. No, he was famous. Opal Jack. Yeah, well, he's Jack. Well, his name was Jack. Uh, Jack. <laughs> Anyway, go on, the man yeah, from yeah. Snowy River was Jack. Everyone's no, Jack. Yeah, anyway, All right, anyway. So, long story short, the in came the opals. A stroke of genius, pass them around like the plate at church. Oh. Trays of opals got passed around, and um, you, Sam, we sold eighty thousand dollars worth of opals did that you? day. That day, people just they applauded. Oh, we they went out and they laughed and applauded and took the opal. Ross had a grin like he'd swallowed a banana sideways. <laughs> yeah, were, you, were you on commission? No, no, but I was there as his guest, so in <laughs> effect, guest. I suppose. Well, so the reason I asked, this is a long but way. This is, came out of nowhere. Why am I telling this? Because story? if you get asked by Virgin, uh, the uh, Virgin shipping line, mm. uh, Mr. Um, Branson, if you get asked to go on one of his ships, don't accept the uh, contract because they aren't coming to Australia anymore uh, after next uh, year because of. Mm. They're, they're cancelling all their tours to Australia and uh, other far reaches because of the Houthi, the Houthi rebels who are attacking ships and pirating ships in the Red Sea. The Red so sea. they're in the name of safety for their um, passengers, they are excluding Australia from their... Um, yeah, which is itinerary. a real bummer because that ship is like a floating city, of course, uh, but absolutely huge and... I decided that I would like to spend New Year's Eve on that ship this year. I think it would be really, really you good. Did. Some lucky people decided <laughs> to do it uh, last year and they had a ball and the ship left Port Melbourne. It went to Tasmania, it went to South Australia, so a nice little five-day cruise um, and, and then all of a sudden you're back home again. So you leave, you have Christmas at home, maybe the 27th you leave, come back on the you know second or third. Beautiful idea. Decided to do it. So and yesterday, or this week, it just bang. Everything went up in flames because they all got cancelled. That with the increased docking fees, that with the increased docking fees that uh, 
they were um, making them pay to dock the thing at Port Melbourne here. They went from $200,000 a docking fee to, they put it up 15%, I mm. think, the mm. Year's mm. Victorian Is government. that why the Tasmanian one went to Geelong? Uh, the, they say that's one of the reasons. Um, uh, that could be, uh, but, but, but this isn't knows? coming at all. So now no. no more. we don't get a chance to, to ride on, on that ship anymore. So, well, then maybe... Would you, though? Would you, though? What? Would you? Well, what I don't I know. I just um, uh, look. I'm still just a little bit sceptical of cruise ships. I know there's a lot of people who jump on them. There's a lot of people who get sick on them. But there was one, yeah, the a Norwegian cruise ship, um, uh, recently, um, and it's pulled over in the Maldives, yeah. and it's got cholera on board. Yeah. Dun dun dun, dun. <laughs> right. A dozen passengers have got cholera. So this thing is pulled over to this island and it's tied up and uh, isolated and everybody's panicking and you think, why would I go on a cruise ship? And anyway, the specialists come on and they say, it's not cholera. No, they've all got gastro That's right. <laughs> I was on a cruise ship once and it had the menu came out and the catch of the day was hepatitis. <laughs> um, now, uh, I can't mention who this is, but a friend of mine's mother and father went on. I can't mention who it was. Uh, I could give you the initials, Sue Stanley's mother and father. Uh, they went on a cruise ship uh, and thought, uh, was it the, come on, Sue, was it the um, Queen Elizabeth? Oh, no, it was something, the Princess something. Oh, the Princess, princess something. Paradise or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there was 80,000 million, there was 4,000 people on it, and they pulled out of the time they... Uh, let the lines go and they the, yeah. the ship turned it around with the tugs. Everyone was bilious and vomiting oh. and uh, they had they had the worst three weeks on a ship. They were oh. all confined to quarters and oh. there's people throwing up and there's vomit flowing <laughs> freely down the corridors and dysentery and cry. they said it was um, not a good experience, Sue, did they not? No, and they were quarantined so they were stuck in their rooms. Oh, no. <laughs> but they, di- they didn't even announce it or they didn't shut it down or get everyone off and, and clean it. They waited till they got to Cairns, so they're halfway through the trip and then they got everyone off board and cleaned it where they could have done it at the first yeah. stop. Come on. Well, so... Well, uh, so, that so wouldn't happen on the resilient lady, though, would it? Oh, uh, no, no not on one of the queens. The virgin, oh, the no, just virgins. more people get it then. Um, yeah. yeah that's, uh, so, Greg, if you didn't go... Here's well, thing. now if I'll never go. If you didn't go on the cruise, then maybe you could get a Ford Ranger and drive uh, an electric Ford Ranger up from uh, where you live. Uh, an electric near the one. Well, an electric Well, apparently uh, Ford um, are now to try and uh, qualify for the grant that they're given to build electric cars, which is the greatest hoax being perpetrated on the motoring industry, the motor industry. Mercedes and I think Alfa Romeo, not Alfa Romeo, Mercedes and another uh, very big car company BMW. are now just going back to making um, petrol-driven engines. They're going back, and Mercedes. Because it's a fraud. There is not enough electricity generated in the world that can power the number of electric vehicles that have been designated by governments by the year 2030 or 2040. Do you know the electric... If you want to have an electric bus fleet or an electric truck fleet, mm-hmm. a fleet, mm-hmm. and you think you're doing the right thing, which is bullshit, it's a hoax, the batteries weigh... You need two eight-tonne batteries. That's 16 tonnes of batteries. And if you have a fleet of 50 trucks or 20... There is not enough power generated in the world to power 
a, a, um, a fleet of trucks, it's a hoax. And there are so many people saying that the amount of pollution from cars has nothing to do with climate change. The climate is changing, but it's not due to that. Mm. Uh, uh, it's, it's a bit like the COVID hoax. Mm. The COVID hoax. Now, so, so just backtrack there a minute. So Ford are actually bringing out a full battery uh, Ranger, the, yep. which was the highest selling car in Australia, wasn't it? Uh, I, think, uh, but I think possibly behind mm. uh, the Toyota Hilux. Okay. And um, and so now, uh, and and they're doing this to help people dodge the penalties of up to twenty thousand dollars. Well, there you are, which are coming in under the federal government's new vehicle, um, new vehicle emission scheme. The new vehicle. Well, there you so are. you're getting penalised for buying a diesel in the future. Getting for get for a petrol driven for a fossil fuel driven car penalties. And that that is that is the hoax of it. That the government are now they are now. Finding you, they are now pointing you towards driving electric vehicles, even if you don't want to, because mm. they have some. It's like the, the Lord, the climate change industry is a fraud. It's a fraud, and um, the industry. I mean, the, you said it before. Climate change is real. Is We've real. Got to agree with that. Absolutely. But the industry. Nothing to do with us. Nothing, nothing to, to do, do with, with the people who live on the planet. It, uh, so. <coughs> So, so just as a segue here, Greg, if you want to save the planet, uh, you can. You know, people say, "Oh, don't use um, gas in your electric. Don't use gas in your cooking appliances, and get electric vehicles, and don't eat meat because the cows fart, and don't don't get plastic straws." I'll tell you how you could stop. Um, you could stop. You could save the planet overnight. Do you ever go to your letterbox? How much junk mail mm. a day or a week is put in your letterbox? Mm. Now, whether you say no junk mail, please, there's pamphlets and papers and newspapers and flyers and advertising material. And besides, with the apartments I live, besides all the mailboxes there, there's a huge bin, a receptacle. Yep. And people just take the... Take the uh, open their thing to see if there's any legitimate mail. They Throw put the all the junk in mail the straight into the bin. How much How much crap is thrown away with people who don't read the junk mail? Has anyone ever bought anything from a flyer that's been left in your letterbox? Yes. Oh, shit, I must go down and buy that. You don't even look at it. You just sort through to see if you've got some legitimate mail. Then you throw the rest. There must be hundreds of thousands of tonnes of waste paper that you cut the trees down to mm. make these flies, mm. mm. I would concentrate on that rather than stopping people cooking uh, spaghetti bolognese over a stove mm. that's powered by gas, mm. which was one of the another ridiculous things Dan Andrews and his government brought in. You couldn't buy appliances and, and that worked worked off gas. Has Jacinta Andrews changed that? Alan? Andrews. Oh, yes. <laughs> Jacinda, well done. No, you t- tumbled in beautifully. Thank you. Um, Has she changed that or is it still we can't have gas? Uh, I don't know if she's changed that. I take no notice of what anything uh, the government says mm. at all. Mm. Uh, we just put up with the consequences. Uh, so, so that... You know, and when you got the Lord Mayor Sally Cap who flew over uh, while the city is in collapsing, but flew over to a climate conference over in Japan, I think uh, what she would what what the Lord Mayor of Melbourne would have to do with a climate conference—it's just a rot. It's, it's the whole thing. 
is just snouts in the trough. You uh, should have Frank. followed through and become Lord Mayor. Yeah, should have. You should have. You should have. Uh, anyway, just getting back to the Ford Ranger. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, it's a hybrid that's coming in, uh, maybe next year even. How's that? And uh, and if there is uh, going to be, a, 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 oh, sorry, 2025, a plug-in hybrid version of the yeah. Ford Ranger will be available mm. in 2025. And they'll sell none of them and they'll go out of business, uh, they'll put the automotive industry out of business. Uh, but uh, Mercedes have, uh, are ahead of the curve. They've decided we're not building any more electric cars, we're perfecting the lean, burning, fossil-fueled cars yeah. that power our um, fleet. That, that, that's a turnaround, isn't it? Of a course complete it is, turnaround. Because they've, just, uh, they've had enough of being um, polished and massaged by corrupt governments. Did you take my advice and watch Nemesis on the ABC? No, because I wouldn't watch anything on the ABC oh. because it is a bogus station... <laughs> That we pay for our ABC. It's your ABC because they are They're a bit completely biased, they? biased they and are. have no. <coughs> and what you watch Sky Television, and you reckon that I that's not a, biased? I watch. That's pardon? totally biased. Uh, uh, you, you asked me a question and told me what I watch. I yeah. don't watch Sky Television at all. I think you do secretly. How come you love Donald Trump so much? You must have picked well, that up from Sky, Sky Television. I watch. I watch uh, CNN, mm-hmm. Fox News, mm-hmm. Al Jazeera. And MSNBC. Right. And if you want to get a diverse range of opinion that uh, are so diametrically opposed about uh, what Donald Trump's doing, if yeah. you want to get onto that, yeah. uh, that's where I get my uh, news. Uh, I have no sorry. interest in Australian politics at all. Well, because, I'm pleased to hear Well, none at all because, uh, you know, it's run by bloody insects. <laughs> insects. I just beetles. wanted to tell you a little about Nemesis because it's been yes. and gone now, but it's about the three Prime Ministers. It's about um, uh, Malcolm Turnbull, it's about uh, Tony Abbott and it's about um, uh, uh, our Prime Minister that retired uh, just recently. Um, and so, ScoMo. Yes, ScoMo. Yeah, yeah as opposed man. to anal. Um, you know, you was, ScoMo is Scott Morrison and mm. anal is Anthony Albanese. Anal. Yeah, anal. Good name for him, isn't it? Very good. So anyway, I was just about to say that in Nemesis, I found it very... And we can talk to John Orchick about this, but I found it very interesting in the way it was you shot. You know the first thing I'm going to ask John Orchick? What? I looked him up in the... Uh, You've looked up his classifieds, have you? I've looked up his Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. It's got 73 different ways to spell his name. <laughs> first thing I'm going to ask him is, how the fuck do you spell your name, John? Uh, or be pronounce good. it. Yeah, yeah, so anyhow, go ahead. Uh, there is no narrator. No narrator in this series. Narrator? The, yes. That's narrator. That's one, exactly the same. A one narrator. And no narrator. A narrator. A narrator. narrator. Well That's done. It. That's no. like saying uh, he, contributed, well, he, he contributed to the well, success. Well, he narrates. He contributed to the success of the... Uh, uh, you mean contributed? Yes. Uh, you said narrator. Yeah. Well, go on. Yeah, no narrator. And but you know what a, a narrator like a is. Of course, grater. he's the one who just I know talks he or she and links it all together. What you did but when you were selling opals. Thank you. But anyway, there was no narrator on this um, uh, series, Nemesis, and it's the technique that I'm trying to get at now, which was uh, developed on sports programs. Did you know that it came from no. uh, ESPN? Uh, and uh, they decided, for example, if we were going to interview two sports people, like say we were going to interview, I don't know, um, uh, Max Gorn and, and Darcy Moore, um, instead of 
an interviewer being in there to get them to tell their stories. You let them tell the stories and then edit it together. So yes. the narrator's gone from this documentary. Yep. Or the interview. And so they worked out that they, interviewing these sports people, it was much better to just let them give the running commentary and put it together. Harder to edit because you don't have the narrator to do the links. But beautifully finished product uh, and, a, and a new technique in making documentaries. So besides the technique and the new way to do it, mm. um, were they interesting? Uh, they SCOMO? Were, yeah. yeah, well, Abbott wouldn't do it. He refused to go on it. But um, <laughs> you said <laughs> no, no. They got around that. They got around that beautifully by interviewing other people, um, and uh, oh, so and so Malcolm Turnbull had he had he had a lot of shit on his liver really that he wanted to get yeah. off. So he had a go at a few people, uh, mainly Scoma, um, and then of course. Scott Morrison came on and talked about um, how wonderful it was. He led us through a pretty rough time, didn't he? He led us through COVID. COVID. Oh, yeah, and mm. got Auxus, Auxus, yeah, of um, Arxus. How do you say it? I, I don't know what you're talking about. You know you No, do. hang on. No, I'm not. What the, the American submarine deal, the... Oh, uh, yeah. No I, no, I don't know. There you go. It's like a narrator, but anyway, we won't no, so, But I'll tell you what they could have done with um, Tony Abbott, who wouldn't... Be, they could have just got... Take excerpts mm. of speeches or that, they did. talks from or archives. interviews he's been yeah, made. From archival well, stuff. They, they did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they did. Yeah. But the others, they sat down in a chair and interviewed them for, for two days, I might add. It was quite a remarkable series. Anyway, it's there on ABC iView and you can have a look at it. And uh, afterwards, Lee Sales interviews the person, one of the people who put it together, the main interviewer. That was Mark Willisey. And uh, that's a fascinating little insight into how they I've did met, this. That's Mark's, uh, Mark is uh, uh, Mike's, Mike's son. son. Hmm. I've met Mark somewhere. And, uh, yeah, nice. But very, very good journalist. And uh, he and his team put this series together of the three prime ministers called Nemesis. Uh, and uh, not only are the three shows good, but uh, the background afterwards as to how they put it together and how they've edited it um, is very interesting. And that's about all I've got to say about that. Good. Now tell me what you think of this. Because uh, I am going to, we are going to try and unite this country just so that everyone lives in it uh, in harmony and there's no but. Yep. Tell me this. Mm. A person down, uh, pe some people down in Point Lonsdale wanted to renovate a house in the main street. And as is the bylaws of the uh, council, they have to have it assessed by the Indigenous uh, uh, Council to see if it's, uh, I don't know, to see if, it's, if, if, if they disturb the foundations, if there's any, uh, mm. maybe some important mm. sites, burial sites under it or not. Mm. Uh, and it's in the main, I know, I know the property, I know the street, it's in the main street of Point Lonsdale, which is about uh, 50, 75 metres from the actual beach. Mm. So um, they people came down. This is the indigenous inspectors came down from. But now this is all right, Greg. This is this is where we're up to, mate. This is you talk about rorts. Just so they came down from Ballarat, not knocking them at all, and they said, "Well, um, cost thirty thousand dollars to get them down. That's 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 what they've uh, that's what that's what they've been awarded to come down." They said, well, look, this uh, is uh, 
about 75 metres from the beach, we'll have to come down and take a soil sample from uh, under your foundations. Uh, so they said, oh, uh, the people who were going for the permit uh, said, oh, I see, what, why would you have to do that? Well, just to see what's under the um, foundations. So they said, well, we'll have to come down, the people, the inspectors said, we'll have to come down and dig a metre by metre hole underneath the thing. So the people said, well... Oh, you'll have to come back. And they said, yes, we'll have to come back. And they said, how much can that cost? They said, that'll cost you another 30000 So anyhow, for $60,000, they dug a hole underneath. You think I'm making this up? I wouldn't make, I wouldn't make this up because this is serious. So um, they dug it up and they said, well, there's sand under... There's sand under... And they, they said, possibly the beach was here uh, 500 years ago and the tides retrieved has receded. And they said we're going to have to take some soil samples, uh, some sand samples to see if there might be any cause for you not being able to uh, I thought, my word, uh, my word, could you believe this? Mm. So um, this is where we're up to. Mm. We're being, Mm. we're being, this is just nonsense. Uh, And and I know you're hesitant to get into this conversation, but I notice over in, um, I notice over in Perth that the people have had enough of this. And they said, um, they said the Western Australian uh, Premier has apologised to the public for the government's ill-fated Aboriginal Cultural Heritage Act, describing the controversial laws as too, too, pres- pre- too prescriptive and complicated in planning and unnecessary burden on landowners. That's exactly what that's about. That you have to have every single thing you do has to have a. Uh, you have to decide if it's on. Some sort of burial site, or mm. and it, it is a rot. Yes, and it is, and we are trying to, we are trying to unite this great country. We want to all pursue prosperity for all of us in the name, and not just divide the country. This is what the yes/no vote was about. Uh, we're trying to actually stop people uh, rotting the system, and this is one of them. Mm. And I have mm. no hesitation in saying that. And uh, I, 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 how I was, do we stop it? Because it's uh, we it's push, we, we have no one's game to push back on this nonsense because they get branded mm. as um, you know bigoted and mm. racist, mm. and uh, they get cancelled. But cancelled. But people, I, I don't can't get cancelled from anything anymore. Uh, I've been cancelled already once, so it doesn't. But you'd be amazed at the number of people that need someone to say, not necessarily me, someone to say, this is just nonsense. This is absolute a rot, and we've been taken for a ride. And this country is all of our country. I was, I was, I was at a function the other day. And someone asked me about the welcome to country, and I said, "Well, I just don't know why we have to be welcome. We're just all our countries. Yeah. It was yep. no one's country. Um, the the indigenous people were the the, orig- were the were the original inhabitants before we got here, but there was other people here before them. So at what line? Uh, and and then." So, so what we're saying is, someone needs to go up to them and say, "You cannot be serious." Someone needs to say, "This is, this is nonsense." Yeah. Well, fancy having to come down and dig a hole to say, "Well, there could be there's oh. sand under your building." Oh. Uh, so in what the country, in the country, building? there's a creek running by, and the um, 
the roads people want to do a turn at the end of the road and they have to take a bit of the land, but because it's by a creek, it has to be looked out for the same reason for bones. Bones. Anyway, in they came and they didn't find any bones and so there was a... They were, but, you know, but didn't you say once that someone planted some bones, some chicken bones or something? No, that was a, that was a rumour on, a, uh, on uh, the rumour file oh, on uh, 3AW oh, oh, and that was, that was bogus and that was <laughs> just a try on... Someone said that they... Uh, they put some bones in the ground. Someone had gone out and bought some Kentucky Fried Chicken <laughs> and just put them under the thing and they got the inspectors to come in when they were digging the tunnel and they found some bones and they said, well, they had to halt the property, had to halt the, halt the, halt the works going on because they had to analyse the bones. But that was nonsense. That, right. was, a, that was a get-up. Okay. Uh, now, just finally, before, because our guest has come He's in. He's here. Mr... I'm, I'm going to ask him. <laughs> what well, you would say, John Orchick. I, I would or, say could that. say Orsick. There you go. That's right. Um, he'll uh, know. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he probably will know. Um, I, I'm just going to... So, Gymnastics Australia. Oh, yeah. They have bent. They have bent to the woke bullshit that's going on. They now are allowing transgender gymnasts to compete... In the women's category. Mm. So men pretending they're women can now compete in the women's category at Gymnastics Australia. And the stupidity of that is that 90, 98... 90, is it 95 or 98? 98% of gymnasts in Gymnastics Australia are under the age of 12. 12 or under, 98%. There's 80%, of the 800,000 people that do gymnastics Australia are under the age of 12. And the transgender gymnasts demand and are required to change in the change rooms with young girls when they're actually men or males. Oh. And you say God. that's homophobic or that's transphobic. I don't give a fuck if you say that. That the stupidity of that is palp- palpable. Yes, if that's a word, is palpable. Uh, why? Yeah, that was my question. Why? Because Who are they? they've bent to the vocal minority that say, in the name of diversity and equity and uh, uh, equality, that uh, if you signal as a woman and you're a man or a male, mm. or and you signal mm. as a female, mm. you mm. can now infiltrate and hijack. Women's sport, and it is, and uh, they should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, uh, Gymnastics Australia, uh, they should be. Uh, as someone said, I mean, I could, uh, yeah, it is an absolute joke. Uh, I know you mightn't agree with any of those things. No, no, I, I do. I do agree um, with you. Yeah, because um, I too was trapped in a woman's body. Greg, you're looking at me. I too was trapped in a woman's body. Uh, I was. Um, uh, and I, and uh, you know, I was trapped in a woman's body for a long time, and then I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I should have seen yeah. that coming. Ah, oh, no, very seriously. good. Uh, no, seriously. Good. Well, I, I was walking into a supermarket just the other day, and, the, and there were a couple of young blokes wanting to sell me a pink ribbon uh, to support cancer, and uh, then they said, "No, don't give us money now. We want you to sign up to this thing, and we'll take money from you every month." And uh, can we just take a couple of details? What's your name? What date were you born? And uh, what do you identify as? That's it. I said, well, a male. Yep. Oh. 
So I just it's beyond me. I just can't quite come to grips with it. <clears throat> because uh, uh, well, I, we I, mentioned this last week uh, sp- that the uh, bloke got a letter of commendation from uh, the school because his his son was a star of maths. He'd won the maths award for being a star and being a boffin and they said they have done very well and oh, they, no. they, they are being uh, no. being rewarded with a trophy of excellence and they and the boy's father said to the boy he said well there's two of you in it and he said no he said they just call everyone they because they don't identify them as a man or a woman or a male or a female or any one of the alphabet sexes and we keep saying be whatever you like be mm. whatever you like and we'll respect you and we will respect you but please don't hijack or be arrogant or pompous enough to insert yourself into women's sport if you're not a woman. Yep. Hear, hear. Yeah. So now finally, Greg, finally. just before we uh, speak you, to... John will have grown a beard by the time... Well, you tell him to come in at 10. <laughs> and it's, it's 10 All right, to, okay. 10 to 10. <laughs> I appreciate... You know, if you're, if you're on time for an appointment, you're late. You know that, don't you? Right. You should be early, shouldn't you? Yeah, it should be. should be. Yeah. A, be no, but this fine. is a sign of age. When we were young, we were late for everything. Now we're getting I more mature. I was never late for anything. My father drilled into me and I, if you're late, I take, take exception. That's just a sign of, I was never late for anything. Wow. Ever. Come on time. Mm. Come on time, yeah. No, come, come well before time. Most, most of like to come early. second in early. a lot of things that I did. But, yeah, but, uh, so, so finally, just finally for this segment, Peter Jess. Yes. He's now, I think... I hope I get this right, doing a class action for the um, footballers who have suffered... Uh, what's, what's it called, Sue? The, the, the brain... It, the CTE. CTE. Concussion. I have no idea what that means. It's a contusion or CTE. Anyhow, for the... Concussion. Yes. Yeah. And he's, he's gone round, apparently, or they've canvassed everyone. Dermot Brereton was canvassed. I wasn't canvassed, but they've canvassed everyone about, have you suffered headaches and double vi- and have you been mentally, uh, mentally affected by you playing? So why wouldn't they come to you? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, <laughs> have you ever been affected by, by Knox and their gathering and they're going to put a class action to the AFL, mm. just a push for money. Mm. And the AFL has... Uh, retaliated. A- the AFL have retaliated and they said, right, we'll take on board what you're doing, but we don't... We don't We're not responsible. We mm. don't retain the players. The mm. clubs retain yeah. the players. So you go to the individual clubs. Yep. The, how many suicides in the AFL these yeah. days? 18? No. Yep. Is there? 22. 18. But, so and they've actually handballed it. If you'll pardon the 16. pun. 16. They've hand... No. 18. They've hand... Right. They've handballed it back to the saying... Clubs. The AFL have said, we are not responsible for so, the players. Yeah. The, 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 the players themselves and the club are. That's what yes. the AFL Yes. So, so if I'm a representative of your club, Melbourne, I'm... The, and I uh, sign you up. I yep. say, Greg, we'll give you a million dollars to play for us. And you mm. say, good. Well, I've got a contract with you. The AFL saying they're We're removed from that. Yeah. Uh, if you want to sign Greg up to play, you should say to him, now, you must recognise that there's a duty of care if you play contact sport. Do you want to play for us for a million dollars? But you might get knocked around a bit, but that's your choice. Mm. Do you want to sign or want, or don't you want to sign? Mm. And that's what the AFL are saying. Mm. And I reckon Peter Jess is a pretty ordinary conveyance to be doing this because Peter was the person who ran it 
duplicate set of books at Carlton to try and rot the salary cap over there. Uh, and I know you're thinking that that's uh, libelous, or, uh, but that's just a fact. I can just show you that where he was uh, brought up before uh, the AFL or the VFL then. Uh, uh, Peter Jess, uh, uh, just a pretty uh, interesting person to be so uh, running wants anything a for the a AFL. class action against the AFL. That's correct. Mm. And um, What's in it for Peter? Exactly. You hit it on the head. Uh, that's exactly right. So uh, Peter would be uh, uh, Peter would be taking a stipend, I'd say, from the um, uh, from the uh, damages. If uh, maybe he's not, maybe he's doing for the love of it because he has an interest uh, in uh, the AFL, other than the yeah. fact that he ran a couple yeah. of sets of books over at uh, Carlton. By the way, are the AFL right? Do you think the AFL should stand back and say it's up to the club and the player uh, for uh, head injury and nothing to do with them? Or do you think the AFL should be well, responsible in some way being the governing body? Well, so, so the bigger question is, do you think players have a claim against playing a sport that they know is a contact sport mm. and as a result of being hit several times, and I noticed they just retired Mr Brayshaw, yeah. young... Uh, Angus. Angus, because they said he's, uh, they have taken a, uh, a stand on him. They said, you cannot play anymore. That's uh, right. So they've been responsible in that. But I, I'm, I'm just saying, uh, Don Scott, when he was here, we, we said that, gee, we got knocked around plenty and, um, uh, and if you, it, it, it's, you shouldn't be... Uh, you shouldn't um, illegally be hit in the head and punched and king hit and all that, but I said, but if you're just in the course of playing football for a decade or more and you've had some pretty hard knocks that have been legitimate, mm. uh, surely it's uh, you, you to decide whether you play the sport or not, there's a duty of care. You can't wrap yourself in cotton wool if it's a contact sport. Look at the rugby union people and oh, rugby league people and look mm. at the... Mind you, having said that, poor young yes, Angus, um, Rayshaw wanted to continue to play in yep. his own mind, mm. but was told he couldn't, yep. decision taken out of his hands. But Angus had had bumps before, as you yes, know, and plenty. that's why he wore the, the, the head um, protection. So it's a it's a it's a very fine line between. It is now. Do you is the responsibility on you to decide? Will you do this? Mm. Like it's been taken out of their hands it's now. Like hasn't going it? into the um, armed forces, if mm. you'd be sent overseas to Iraq or yeah. to. Well, we, we wouldn't because we got flat feet, so it's okay. Yeah, you you flat feet are in most your people's feet. Your feet are buggered. Your, your feet are in most people's flats for. <laughs> Twenty odd years. Settle. No, no, until you found, until you found Sue and married. Settle. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, so, so there we are. So that's uh, that's the AFL. Now, what we're going to do is uh, we're going, we're leaving. We, that's we it. Uh, I, I, I just it's the more. Just finally, finally on this, I notice that the people who own Ayers Rock mm -hmm. Resort, mm -hmm. the Indigenous mm -hmm. people who bought it for three hundred million dollars with. Our money. They bought it. They bought it. The resort. Yeah. Okay. They now want to sell it, right? Because it's no. uh, not not making money. No, because you used to go out and try and climb up the rock, That's but right. now you can't climb up the rock because so they've put a barricade on it. As many people are going. 
I presume that's why you can't. If, I, if you went to Ayers Rock, you'd want to get up it, wouldn't you? I've climbed up Ayers Rock, <laughs> yes. but now if you can't, not allowed to do it because they say it's a sacred site. That's I don't know who's buried <coughs> at the top of Ayers Rock, but you have to be very good uh, grave diggers. Yeah. To no, I've been up it. Remember, there used to be the chain, and in yes. fact, I was only looking Fence. at an old picture of the, the way other day. Um, there was a little monument up there, and it had a book on it. You could yeah. actually uh, yeah. pull the book out and sign it. But people got blown off. Others got sucked off. And they died. Oh, that was a queue for miles and they thought if we're going to get blown off the top of Ayers Rock or... And so therefore vortex, there was uh, that and, and then other people were being... The queue never ended. It went, but there was no... down to Catherine. And there was no toilets up there so some people did things on the rock and that's when the <laughs> Indigenous Australians said, right, that's it, it's finished, you can't go on the rock. You can go in and you can walk around the base of the oh, rock and you can, but you've got to pay. There's oh, an entry course, fee now. There's a do. gatehouse there. Yeah, that's like the $30,000 to come from Ballarat to dig up a square <laughs> metre of turf <laughs> underneath the bloke's house in uh, Point Lonsdale. So it's all going back, is it? The Indigenous Well, I don't, that's just it's one of the news items said they've got to sell it. Give Ireland back to the Irish. I wonder if the they'll pay the back. money back uh, that uh, was bought by the tax mm. payers. Mm. Do you think that in the name of diversity, inclusion and equity? I don't know. I'm, Anyhow, go, I'm uh, going out to have a look at the rock in a few months' time. I'll, I'll ring in and give you a report. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, anyhow, we're going to now close this off, uh, Greg. And any any final uh, final comments before No, we no, no. Right. It's been an absolute... <laughs> my pleasure's been all mine. Thank you. The, the Opal King. <laughs>